Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in the world today to the next episode of A Voice from the Ever Change. Uh, now, if you see me shifting around on the computer here, it's because I was having some technical difficulties uh, getting started. Happens with live theater, live TV. <laughs> uh, no rehearsals and such. So occasionally a button gets pushed that shouldn't get pushed. And uh, there you have it. Uh, so I'm back and we're live. So thank you for joining me. So today, Friday's episode of A Voice from the Ever Change, I'll ring the meditation bell. I'll guide us into silence. Uh, we'll come into the present moment uh, through the breath, through the body, the sounds and the silence of the present moment. Then I'll offer a poem and a commentary. Uh, now the topic of this poem and commentary is the topic of shadow. Uh, so this uh, is quite a deep topic, quite a very a delicate uh, topic, very involved. Uh, so there might be some questions that come up uh, in regards to shadow work. If you feel like you'd ask a you if you feel like you want to ask a question, please do send those questions over to me through Messenger or through the uh, uh, through the page here while we're chatting. And I will do a Q&A session on Sunday afternoon at the same time. Uh, so I'll be answering questions then. After the poem and the commentary, I will probably say a few words uh, trying to bring the topic of the poem and the co commentary uh, to shine a light on the current world situation. How we can apply these uh, timeless teachings to the current uh, coronavirus lockdowns, to the social distancing, how we can find some relief uh, in the wisdom here. That's not my wisdom per se. I've just taken these timeless wisdoms and teachings and put them into my own voice, the voice from the ever change. <laughs> so there you have it. So the idea here is to come into the meditation as I'm guiding, and then the poem is a way of extending the meditation. The poem is actually a part of the guided meditation. The commentary also a part of the guided meditation. And then I ring the bell at the end of the commentary. So when I'm talking or improvising or riffing at the end there, uh, you can just listen, follow along, hopefully, with an open mind and an open heart. That's the idea. Now, if you are following along in the book, this is the sixth poem on the chapter on uh, equanimity. Uh, and if you'd like a copy, a PDF copy of the book, do send me your email address. I'm happy to send out uh, PDFs of the book. And if you'd like to see any of the previous episodes, if you're just now joining or tuning in, all of the episodes are standalone. You don't have to watch from the beginning. You wouldn't have missed anything. You'll be able to understand uh, everything I read here as long as I'm comprehensible. Uh, so, but if you'd like to go back and watch some of the previous episodes, uh, they're all on my uh, website. 
They're also on my Facebook page, so you can just scroll through my Facebook page. I haven't removed any of them. And they're on my channel. So there's three windows of opportunity. And I think most of them are also on Instagram. So four, four windows of opportunity uh, to check in uh, to previous episodes of A Voice from the Everchange. Generally, the topics cover uh, loving kindness, equanimity, resting. I'm, I'm really fond of resting meditation practices and learning how to rest in difficult situations. Uh, a topic on meditation itself and gratitude. Okay, I hope you all enjoy today's offering. Thank you for joining me. So allowing the body to rest, allowing the mind and heart to rest, just coming into this present moment experience. Noticing the breath entering and leaving the nose. You might notice a dry or a cool sensation arising from the nostrils as the air passes in and out. You might notice the temperature changing from cooler to warmer at the back of the throat as you inhale and exhale. Noticing the rib cage expanding and contracting with each breath. There might be sensations of clothing moving to adjust with the rising shoulders, the chest and the abdomen. You might also notice the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. Noticing the shoulders rising in each breath. And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, maintaining awareness on the sensations of the breathing process. From the nose, the back of the throat, the chest and shoulders and back and abdomen and any other sensations that you might notice arising as a result of the breathing process and just rest. And if at any time during the meditation you become distracted by your thoughts, simply labeling those thoughts with the word thinking will allow the thoughts to dissolve and you can gently return back to the present moment.
And while resting with the experience of the breath, allowing awareness to expand to include sensations of clothing against the shoulders, noticing the arms resting against the body, the hands resting against the body or touching each other. And you might also notice sensing against the back. The weight of the body against the chair or cushion, mat or floor. You might notice sensations of clothing against the legs. The feet against the mat or the floor. There might also be sensations arising from the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. Sensations arising from the back of the head and the ears. There might be sensations arising throughout the face, including the lips, the nose, and the eyes. Sensations arising in the forehead. And noticing any sensations arising at the top of the head. And we'll rest right here just for a few moments, maintaining open, spacious awareness on the sensations of the breath from the nose to the abdomen and sensations arising throughout the body from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet. And just rest. while resting with the breath and the body, allowing awareness to expand to include any sounds which might be available during this present moment experience. And depending on where you are in the world, you might hear the sound of bird songs or crickets. There might be the sound of roosters crowing or the occasional gecko. If you're in a city, you might hear traffic. Hopefully not too much traffic. You might hear conversations in the distance, a television from a neighbor, or perhaps music playing. Not focusing on any one sound in particular, but noticing the entire landscape of sounds. 
hearing all of the sounds all at the same time. And in addition to any sounds, paying close attention to the quality of still silence within the sense of hearing. There's always this backdrop of still, silent space. When we listen to that silent space, we might notice how this stillness seems to surround the present moment. And so we'll rest right there maintaining open, spacious awareness on the silence and sound, sensations of body and breath, and just rest, breathing in and breathing out. The poem. In the mirror of relationship, we can clearly see that what was you is obviously me. One cannot see the shadow remaining in darkness. Allow the light of awareness to shine. The Commentary I encounter my old friend G on my way to the dry cleaners. I haven't seen G in a few weeks, and the warm comfort of familiarity coupled with an easy laugh and a simple ten-minute conversation sets the day up nicely with an upbeat mood. On my way to the laundry, I spot a television with a politician who represents opposing ideas and values to my own, speaking very loudly. I am stopped in my tracks and I stand in shocked horror at the potentially thousands of lives hanging in the balance decisions of such a person. Upon my arrival at the dry cleaners, I encounter a pleasant woman working at the counter. She investigates the laundry I have just handed her with disinterest, hurriedly placing it into a bag. She then smiles politely when receiving the money I have handed her. We exchange pleasantries and part with no more than a simple transactional encounter. The feelings and emotions which I have encountered in the hour that I have just described have primarily one thing in common. 
They all belong to me. In each moment of each day, our human nervous system encounters its environment. As a result of this encounter, a feeling tone of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral is born. That feeling tone is then interpreted in one of three ways, with attraction, aversion, or indifference. The interpretation of each feeling tone typically gives rise to an emotional reaction. Attraction generally gives rise to craving, desire, or any thoughts laced with must have this, cannot have that. Aversion typically gives rise to anger, fear, and or aggression. Indifference might give rise to boredom, lethargy, and or prejudice. In everyday awareness, this reactive process happens so fast that we don't really notice it. We encounter G, for example, and we mistakenly believe that we leave that chance meeting feeling good, warm, and upbeat because of G. We fail to recognize that the upbeat, warm feelings are a result of our interpretation of an internal physical response due to G's presence and proximity. The same is true for people we do not like and for people we do not know. We are so convinced that the object of attention is what gives rise to our emotion. Our feelings and emotions seem to be carved into the very stone of each eternal object. Sorry. Our feelings and emotions seem to be carved into the very stone of each external object. It is with this misperception that we surrender all of our power to strangers and situations. All of our potential for joy is handed over to chance encounters of any given day in any given moment. With the awareness and attention cultivated in a meditation practice, we begin to develop the skill and capacity for insight. With this skill, we turn our awareness inward and we see this reactive process as it unfolds. We may notice that when we meet G, for example, there is a pleasant, comfortable feeling in the body. We notice that we are interpreting that feeling, most likely with attraction because it feels good. That attraction to a craving. At this point, we might think to ourselves, I should spend more time with Jesus, such a nice person, etc. But with our cultivated insight and attention, we might interrupt the chain there so that we can come back to the present moment experience of the conversation with G, listening mindfully to the words being exchanged, feeling the clothing on our skin, noticing the breath and leaving the body and feeling the warm, pleasant feeling tone at the same time. This allows us to act with present moment awareness rather than reacting to our own emotions which arise due to our own reactivity. When confronted with the presence of an adversary, 
we may notice an unpleasant feeling tone which arises. That is how we know that this is an adversary. Without the unpleasant feeling tone, we might simply proceed in an unaffected, neutral way. Our nervous system meets the adversarial being and unpleasant tones arise in the body as a result of that encounter. We interpret those feeling tones, tension in the abdomen, tension in the shoulders or chest, a squinting of the eyes, etc., as unpleasant. We react to the unpleasant feeling tones with aversion. With the insight cultivated in meditation, we may actually notice how we typically react to our internal discomforts of aversion. One way of discovering our emotional reactions to aversion and attraction or indifference is in the recognition that our emotional reactions are habitual. When aversion arises in the body and mind, we usually indulge in the same reactions we have done many times in the past. It feels natural and normal. With insight in our toolbox, we can interrupt the emotional reactivity there and think, oh, just because there is aversion arising in my body does not mean that I have to react to that averse feeling with anger, fear, or aggression. By unplugging the habitual emotional reaction, we give more space for responsiveness to arise. In this space, there are more possibilities of responding with creativity and appropriately to the present moment situation, and less chance of inflicting suffering on ourselves and others. When meeting a stranger, we may notice a blandness or a type of boredom arise. This type of feeling tone generally lulls one into a sort of unconsciousness. It is just this bland feeling tone which leads one into a state of indifference. From this indifference arises racism, prejudice, and objectification of others, which in turn leads to all sorts of unhealthy imbalances and suffering culturally. With the capacity of awareness and skill cultivated in meditation, we begin to see a gap, an opening in between the indifference and the interpretation of that indifference. Just because there is indifference in my body when I meet a stranger doesn't mean that I have to fall into that state of numbness or prejudice. I know that this person who, I'm, who I am encountering is just like I am. This person wants happiness and does not want suffering. And just like me, this person encounters joy and heartbreak, laughter and sadness. So we can now begin to see that each time we like someone, it isn't so much the other person we are liking, but how we feel in our body, our heart, and our mind when we are in this person's company. That inner feeling might be based on our first meeting with that person, for example. Perhaps they gave us a nice compliment or, or returned a stolen watch, or perhaps 
We simply like the way they might have dressed on our first encounter with them. Imagine a person who you have fond feelings for and envision your first encounter with this person going horribly wrong. Perhaps they insulted you. They showed up an hour late and were drunk. They stole your wallet, etc. Now, after imagining that first introduction and that change, notice how your feelings for them change. They are still the same person, but now our view of this person, which is based on how we feel, is completely different. Our dislike towards someone is equally based on our own interpretation of our own feelings. Imagine someone you dislike and visualize changing the qualities you dislike about this person to qualities you like. This person has been an hour late for your first meeting. Imagine them being on time or even early. If this challenging person insulted you, imagine them paying you a generous compliment. Eventually, after changing aspect of aspect from dislike to like, you will eventually feel a shift in your view of this person. Not because they have changed, but because you now see them in a different light. You feel differently about them because you have changed. Envision meeting a stranger. You know nothing about this person. Their looks and behavior seem neither attractive nor unattractive. Visualize them differently. Systematically add qualities to this stranger which bring you to like this person. Then systematically add qualities to this neutral person which bring you to dislike this person. Notice rises in your body, in your mind, and your heart as you do this exercise. You might begin to notice the qualities which draw you near to people, whether in your imagination or in your perceived reality, are very similar each time. The same with your dislikes. We might begin to see that it isn't the other person who we dislike, it is aspects of our own self, typically denied aspects, projected outward onto the other person. It is not the other person that we are attracted to, but again, aspects of our own self, again, typically denied aspects, which we would like to foster and grow in our own personality. We may now begin to use the mirror of relationship to cultivate wisdom, compassion, and insight.
So thank you for joining me for this episode of A Voice from the Ever Change. I hope you enjoyed and found beneficial meditation, the poem and the commentary there on shadow work. Also involving equanimity, uh, cultivating equanimity, and so forth. Uh, now I've talked quite a bit about equanimity, the benefits of equanimity, cultivating the skill of equanimity in the current world crisis. Uh, this can be so beneficial because so much anxiety, uh, so much anger arises uh, from people watching the news or turning on social media and seeing opposing views, seeing people, even friends, perhaps uh, pushing forward conspiracy theories that we may or may not agree with, uh, political viewpoints that we may or may not agree with, and so forth. And then this anger, this tension arises. And so this goes back to the Q&A session that I, I uh, gave on Sunday. And if you want, you can, if you haven't seen that already, go back a few episodes uh, and uh, watch the Q&A there. I talk about some of the benefits of body scanning practice. Now, when we do body scanning practice, we go very deeply into feeling the inside energies of the body. When we do that over and over again, on a daily basis, scanning through the body, noticing uh, what the body feels like in its resting, relaxed state, then when we move throughout our day and encounter people we like, people we don't like, people we don't know, we notice how the body responds and reacts to those interactions. And when we notice that, we can unplug our emotional reactivity at that point. Say, oh, there's that tension in my body. That tension is arising because I don't agree with what this person is saying. So then the struggle, we re-own the struggle. The struggle is between ourself and our own heart. We can say, oh, that's just what that tension is. I don't need to get angry at this person. I don't need to say this person is a, a lying <laughs> I'm thinking of a particular politician now. I don't need to, to, to say this person is a, a lying filth, foul, foul, filth, foul, foul, filth. I hope they don't get reelected in November. <laughs> so we don't need to do that because that adds suffering to our environment, to our world, to our own internal and external environment. We've now polluted our environment with our negative energy. So feeling the feelings of our own shadow, reclaiming it. It's, it's called shadow because that person is behaving, I have the same potential to behave in that way. The only reason I don't behave in that way, well, there could be one or two reasons, but I'll give a list. I don't behave in that the way that particular politician behaves because I was born under different parents. I had a different upbringing, a different education, 
I uh, was born into a different culture. I had different experiences in my life. And so in the present moment, I act much differently than that person does. Had I been born under the same parents, had the same upbringing, had the same education, had the same uh, background, had the same life experiences, I would do the exact same things that person is doing. We all have the same seeds, the same potentials in our body, mind, and heart. It's just as a result of our past, certain seeds get watered and certain seeds don't. Certain seeds get fostered and grown and certain seeds get pushed back into the soil. So the seeds that are underneath the soil, those are the seeds of our shadow. And typically when we see those seeds in other people flowering, our shadow reacts to that in a very, well, typically in a negative way, can also be in a positive way. We might uh, feel very attracted to somebody who allows themselves to behave in a certain way that we wish we could, unconsciously, usually consciously. But all human potentials are hidden in each heart. And it was the great sage Mahatma Gandhi who was pointing at this with his wonderful phrase, and I often quote it, all of the devils and demons in the world arise from the human heart. That's the only battlefield that the wars need be fought in. Beautiful. So as we go about our days, perhaps in quarantine or in lockdown or practicing, just practicing staying home, even if the cities that we live in have opened, we're being cautious, staying home, as much as possible. We might scroll through Facebook or Instagram or turn on the news or read. I like to read CNN on my app, on my phone. When we do things like that, we're, we're apt to see things that are upsetting or that we didn't. All of that comes from our, our own self. We think it comes from whatever the news that we're reading, but it comes from our own heart our own body, our own mind. And so that's not to say that when we see something out there that gives rise to that tension, that we let that go, that we say, oh, that's okay, because that's all, that's all in me. That tension can be a warning that actually something is indeed quite out of balance in our society, in our culture. But now, because we've reclaimed that tension, we can use that as uh, an alarm clock. It's an alarm. It's, a, it's telling us that something is not right. And then because we, we have now brought mindfulness to this process, we can now move ahead and address that imbalance with awareness rather than out of emotional reactivity. We put the emotional reactivity down. We put the anger down. We put the fear down. We put the sadness down. We say, oh, this needs to be addressed. Let me call my senator. This needs to be addressed. Let me talk to this person in a calm, loving kindness way. Let me deliver my message to try to balance out the imbalance. 
when we when we move in that way our motion forward has a lot more power because you know when we come at somebody attacking them or when we come at somebody filled with fear and anger and and uh, very in a passionate way they get defensive they shut down to our words they don't hear us anymore and they they get righteous and they start attacking back and then the the war starts nothing ever gets solved with that it's just keeps pushing back and forth so reclaiming our experience reclaiming our shadow material very important very very beautiful practice now I mentioned the practice of mindfulness meditation as a way of doing this. Uh, and mindfulness meditation can be very helpful uh, for uncovering our shadow material and seeing how we project, positive or negative. Uh, and it's good for that. Counseling, therapy, those techniques, very good at resolving our shadow material. So this is where meditation and therapy come in really beautifully as a pair. Meditation, mindfulness can help what's there. Counseling and therapy help us heal what's there. So it's really, that's a really important uh, distinction to make. They work so well together. Uh, they work as individual practices too. They work very well that way. Together, uh, particularly if you want to work with your shadow, uh, it, that is an unparalleled healing uh, team where you have a mindfulness meditation and a good uh, psychologist or therapist or psychiatrist that can help heal the wounds of the shadow. And that's why here at New Life Foundation, uh, we have that combination. We offer that combination of meditation, which I'm Happy to say I'm fronting the meditation program uh, currently. And uh, we have a great team of counselors and therapists here as well. And that's why they have the, that combination. So I think that's all I want to say about all of that. Thank you for joining me. I will be back again tomorrow uh, for a much shorter read, I believe. That was kind of long. <laughs> so thank you for indulging me in that. And by the way, um, although I am offering these as a way of kind of a humble offering, as a way of trying to uh, bring some uh, both wisdom and entertainment uh, to the current world crisis, but it's helping me as well. I get great benefit from coming here every day and giving a little bit of teaching, reading from my book, and so forth. So uh, all of you who have continued to support this program, you, uh, deeply, deeply, deeply from the bottom of my, of my heart. I uh, cannot express it in words how much gratitude I have uh, to each and every one of you who uh, send me questions, who have asked for the book, or who just tune in and uh, enjoy the meditation. So thanks again. I'll see you all tomorrow. Stay safe, stay clean, stay healthy. Practice social distancing at least two meters apart, please, please, as much as you can. And we'll get out of this together. Thank you.